Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello everyone, my name is Ben Hocking. My name is Harry Eads. And my name is Samuel Sage. And welcome to the Late Breaking Podcast here on Drive Tribe. We've just had the Belgian Grand Prix for the first time in a year, obviously. <laughs> and the first Formula <laughs> 1 race for the first time in a month. Is Vettel destined for glory? That is the thought process we're going down this week. That's our main topic. Is he destined to have Mercedes lost it for the first time in years? What do you think, boys? I mean, it was a great win for Vettel. Nobody's going to doubt that. But no, no, Vettel isn't destined for glory. He might go and win the title. There's a very good chance that he does, but he's not destined to win it. We've seen the momentum swing so many times over this season so far. No team has had more than two wins at any point, two wins in a row, at any point. they've no, no one's had three wins in a row, which, if that carries on for the rest of the year, will be only the second time it's happened this century. The momentum swings so much this season. Uh, and whilst Ferrari had a great win this week, we, we kind of expected it. It's a circuit where you need a good power unit. We've seen how good the power unit is so far this year that Ferrari have. And I have no no doubt that Vettel will probably win next week as well at Monza because that's a similar type of circuit. But there are other circuits that will come up which will play into Mercedes' hands. I think what yesterday proved is that it's probably a fact we already knew. But the Ferrari have the fastest car, but they haven't used it enough. They've they've been they've dropped the ball so many times this year, or Vettel's dropped the ball that Mercedes or Hamilton, no, sorry, both Mercedes and Hamilton are still in front. So. It proves they got the fastest car, but it doesn't mean anything because we've seen already that it can all go wrong. And if it does go wrong, then Mercedes and Hamilton always have to pick up the pieces. So, no, they're not destined, but they certainly got a good chance, I would say. I mean, at the start of the season, we did an article about who we think would win, you know, the constructors, the drivers, who would do what. And I said that Ferrari would win the constructors' title. Now, I think they definitely have the capability to win. It's still happened because I've said it. I think they have the capability to win. I think they have the drive to win. Um, and I think they have the engine to win. But, as you said, they keep dropping the ball. Raikkonen, for example, realistically should have been in second place. If got third place in that race, really, shouldn't he? And it was just 
bag lock and then bag lock and then the car kind of failed and then it just ran out of steam and then he broke down and then he retired and he ran out of fuel in qualifying that was another thing you know well, that that's bizarre because why were they both not filled with the same amount of fuel yeah that took a step yeah. out and this is why I think Ferrari are at risk of skill not taking what I think realistically should be their championship. They have the better car this year. For the first time in a long time, Ferrari have the best car on the grid. And yet, Mercedes still walking off with that constructors, let alone the drivers where there's still a clear lead. Yeah, well, again, yesterday Mercedes extended their constructors lead. Exactly. And we didn't score. Yeah, we're talking, with the fastest car. Yeah, we're talking about how Vettel took such a dominant victory and it was dominant, you know, 10 seconds. But... um yeah, Mercedes still walked away from the weekend with more points than Ferrari did, which is, as you say, kind of the reason that they are leading both championships at the moment. Um, they, they, yeah, like Colin says on Facebook, they, they, Ferrari don't quite have the consistency. Um, they go and have a fantastic race win in Belgium. Uh, they'll probably have another race down the line where they're beaten heavily by Mercedes. Um, look, I think... Mercedes have every chance of winning just because their damage limitation is that much better than Ferrari's. And I think that is ultimately what will decide the championship. Vettel will have wins for the rest of the year. Hamilton will have wins for the rest of the year. If neither of them win for the rest of the year now. Okay. No, they will both have victories before the season is at the end. But that will not win the championship. What will win the championship is what they do when they're not winning. That will decide it. Are they finishing second and third consistently or are they retiring or finishing lower down the points? Like the the best example I can think of is you think of McLaren back in 1988, 89. I remember those days. You do. You old. As as our veteran. Um, (laughs) You think of Senna and Prost. Senna had more wins than Prost uh, in both years that they were teammates, yet Prost outscored him in both years. Yeah. So how was he able to do that? He was more consistent. He scored more podiums than Senna did. So Kimi should win the title. Not quite. You still need a win or two. Right. I'm just saying I think Vettel and Hamilton at the end of the year will have very similar number of wins and it will come down to the lesser scoring points. I think one very important thing to take note of is team motivation and team gelling and, you know, kind of that all togetherness that creates a Formula 1 team. And what is going to be interesting in the next couple of weekends is Spa was always looking like it was going to suit the Ferrari engine. It's more powerful. Monza, again, is going to suit the Ferrari engine. It's more powerful. And Ferrari go well around Singapore. Mercedes don't tend to go well around Singapore unless something happens. Is it going to knock the wind out of Mercedes? Are they going to go three races in a row with being second best and go, this is out of it now? We may be level on points, but they've got the run on us now. You know, they've got the momentum. And also, uh, Mark Webber made the point on on the Channel 4 coverage that hit, hit the back end of the year, the like Singapore, Japan part of the year, Vettel is normally, is, that's his that's his area. But, his last, time, yeah. but last year, he, he yeah, exactly. Yeah. Last year, he balls up and crashed in Singapore, although Ferrari, it broke down in Japan. So, Mercedes has got to be a little bit wide, I think, because, as you say, Monza next they're going to be strong. And then Singapore and Japan, they may be strong again. Although, I seem to think Vettel keeps winning at tracks he didn't win at last year. Yeah, I think that is the one main difference between this year and last yeah. year. Ferrari's challenge last year, Mercedes were still taking victories at the circuits you would expect yeah. them to, the likes of China and the likes of Canada, yeah. neither of which they won at this year. Um, circuits that require a very dominant power unit. Even and Belgium. Yeah, okay. uh, Belgium included. And now suddenly Mercedes don't have that dominant power yeah. unit and Ferrari are winning races that have been... Mercedes dominated in the, since 2014, really. I think I think Bottas also needs to start being that actual wingman. You know, we spoke about him being the wingman. 
He really needs to be there. Same as Kimmy, really. But I think Kimmy's is more team-related, whereas I think Bottas is, for some reason, dropped off the pace over the last two or three races. And he should be right up there supporting Hamilton to get those points. And if he doesn't, the Mercedes are really going to start slipping back into the grips of Ferrari, which is worrying for the, the Brackley team. Um, Bottas' comeback wasn't fantastic. I know he's fourth. But it could have been better. That could have been third. There was a lot of DNFs of top players in front of I don't, I don't think he was ever going to get the Stappen. I, I, if that was Hamilton, would he go for Stafford? No, I don't think so. I think the Stafford was too far. In the but journey. Bottas did drive straight into the back of the Williams <laughs> on the first corner. Yeah, I, I didn't think Bottas's recovery was fantastic, but at the same time, like he could have finished 10 seconds further ahead of than what he was, and he still would have been fourth. I think position-wise, he got the maximum from it. I I, actually, I don't think third was, was doable. Uh, John on Facebook says, has asked us not to let Vettel win. Uh, no, John, no. as you come from such a brilliant place to live in South Wales, I will not <laughs> let Vettel win. Oh, that's good. Thanks I personally that, will stop him. We don't have that power. No, I'm really sorry. We really don't have that power. Um, we, we've spoken about Kimmy's bad luck over the weekend. It was perhaps the quickest we've seen him all season. All season, maybe? I would say. I would well, say all at least there's Australia, he was quick as well. Um, but <laughs> he was... This is the, the fastest he's been since race one. He yes. needs a large yes. break between each race and then he's quick again. But he, yeah, I think he was very unlucky. He looked very quick in practice. Um, and if he had that lap in qualifying, yeah. maybe he would have got the job done. I, I don't think he would have, personally. I think that Hamilton was... Yeah, he really Hamilton made the mistake. He made the mistake and then the track became perfect in the, then the lap that he went on and set the time. Yeah. And Vettel dropped the ball. Ocon dropped the ball massively. Uh, and probably could have actually beaten Vettel if he hooked up a lap properly. I think Kimmy maybe would have beaten Vettel. I don't think he could beat Hamilton. I think Hamilton had it perfectly done. Yeah, quite possibly. If it had been dry, I think Kimmy could have, could have taken it. One thing that I gone. do want to jump into quickly about Ferrari, which I think has always been a bit of a hesitance when it comes to Vettel, is reliability. Um, so easily, the next race, could Ferrari have an engine failure in Vettel's car? And I think it's so much more likely in a Ferrari than it is in a Mercedes at the moment, because they're a little bit more experimental with their power units. I think all of a sudden it could go. And if that happens, that's the way Mercedes will walk away with this championship. Yeah. Mercedes has probably, probably been more unreliable this year, haven't they? How many? Kimi broke down in Spain. Kimi's had three retirements. Vettel's had one. So um, That's his own fault. That, was, that is very yeah. true, yes. Um, but, I mean, the only thing that's been more impressive than Mercedes' pace over the last four years has been their reliability. Yeah. Because their pace has been incredible. You think of how dominant they were, particularly in the first two years of the hybrid era. But their reliability has just been insane. Almost flawless. Um, I, I mean, that's why Austria was such yeah. a massive surprise, yeah. because we haven't seen seen the like of it. That's the first time I think we've seen a double Mercedes retirement, not caused by a crash, ever. Yeah, the, the, I think they've come back to the Oh, I think. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. were thinking it might have happened in the fifties. Yeah, I mean, obvious, I mean obviously, yeah. we've seen them crash into each other, but that's completely different. I think then. both reliability issues hitting both the Mercedes cars is unheard of in this sport. Yes, German efficiency at its finest. You could argue reliability is the reason that Red Bull can't get anywhere near the top two. I, I know they have a slight power deficiency as well, but yeah. you think they have picked up wins this year, but they are retiring at so many more times in the top two teams. Yeah, their, uh, their tea tray of a rear win was quite amusing this weekend. Hang on, oh, let's well, move on, shall we? Ricardo didn't have any rear wins. No, he though. didn't. Because no. Alonso managed to delicately flick it off as he was flying through the air, which was fantastic and very subtle in the background of that incredible crash. 
Uh, but I think we should move on to someone who had a brilliant Saturday, a good Sunday, but was maybe outshone by his teammate a little bit, and that is Esteban Ocon. The oh. chance that he will not have a drive next weekend. He was so nearly leading the race. So nearly. So nearly. How late was that safety car call? Oh, don't get your tin for Oh, that no. I think, right, so oh, I, no. I think the idea was, if you call a safety car mid-Radion, Rouge, whatever you want to call it, um, that's not a safe thing to do. I think, is that on the idea that they're letting them go through Radion? But they did let it, I mean, I suppose they let the whole grid go Because if, if you do it, I don't know. Safety uh, cars are very rarely called bang on it. Yeah, I, I, I it, it felt it felt it like a quite, long time. Yeah, it's quite an obvious safety car. And it was called <laughs> the moment Vettel's nose was in front of Hamilton. Sam, please, please, people are going to get mad. <laughs> Ten points for the first person who says Ferrari international assistance. Anyway, <laughs> bring it on, Jack, yeah. come on, bring it on. And points when you. Do you guys think the safety car was too late? We're going to discuss Ocon. We'll come back to that, guys. <laughs> Ocon race next week. Do, does he deserve it? Should he have it? Stroll, what's going on? I think I, I read something that confirms that Force India will keep the same Sorry, lineup next who? week. I, I don't, can't remember. I, I saw it. it. It might not be true. No, I, I think meant what team? team? Oh, Racing Point. Thank Force you. India. That no one is ever going to call them after this whole thing blows over. It just be Force India sick again. Each time it's said. Yes. Um, I thought Ocon's qualifying lap was was not brilliant. I don't think it was great. I don't even think it was good. It was average. It was an average lap that was made to look a lot better because of the mistakes of others. Um, obviously, Ricardo and Verstappen both couldn't hook a lap together at the right time. Raikkonen, you know, they made the mess on the fuel. Um, otherwise, he would have qualified P7, and I don't think we'd have said much about it. Um, let's not forget, he was 3.6 seconds off the pole time, which is not a small margin, considering in the dry, he was only one and a half seconds off the yeah. first place. Yeah. So, you know, if 3.6 seconds off the pace is an excellent lap, what does that make his Q2 time that was only one and a half seconds? And I see the point you're making, but every other person had the ability to be 3.6 seconds off the pole time, and they weren't. The only person that was was Vettel. He was the only one closer. So he beat both Red Bulls. He beat the Ferrari of Kimi, whether he had a you know fuel issue or not. Regardless, he was there. He beat cars that theoretically are faster. Renault's would be too. Haas would be Haas should have been higher. They should have taken advantage and they didn't. And Ocon did. So did Perez, to be fair. I think he hey, uh, yeah. gets there. I, I give credit to Ocon for beating Grosjean. I give him credit for beating Perez and he did a good job to get ahead of those two guys. But I can't give him credit for beating Ricardo Verstappen and Raikkonen because they did not have a lap where the circuit was in any kind of condition to go quickly. And look, uh, his race was good, I thought. Um, yeah, obviously he was beaten by his teammate, which put a slight dampener on it. And I like Ocon overall. I think he's got a good career left in the sport if he can find a seat, um, which is which is good enough. I don't want him to go down the the route of the last driver who yeah. was waiting for a Mercedes seat. Is it? Is it he's a currently racing in DTM so situation going on? Yeah, I, I hope that doesn't happen. He's I mean, very talented. Airlines going to put that one up there. I just think that. Force India's qualifying performance where they finished third and fourth was mainly down to their mechanics for getting them turned around so quickly and the strategists for getting them out at the right time, not necessarily Ocon's pace. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Schnaffnauer, which sounds like a breed of dog, I'm sorry, but it does, has said that the lineup will remain the same for Monza. Well, it would seem, well, he said, I've seen an interview, not an interview, is a clip of Vettel and Ocon speaking in French. Um, which hurts me that he's that multi-talented yeah, God damn, God damn you, Vettel. Um, 
yeah, and then, and Vettel's asking about his drive, and he's saying no, it's already gone. And Vettel's asking who to, and he's saying to the guy who bought the team. So I don't know whether that means for next year. He didn't doesn't say in the in the clip, but uh, or whether he means next race. But I'd love for Ocon to stay. I don't think uh, for Force India they don't. Sorry, Racing Point Force India they don't. Why would they want Stroll over Ocon? There's no. Logical reason in his, terms of racing. Daddy times. wants Stroll. I know, but come on. I think get Perez into Haas, get rid of Grosjean, and then allow Ocon and Stroll to race together. Grosjean was all right this weekend, though. He was. I said he'd get a podium. He didn't, but he did do a very yeah. good How job. Go? <laughs> he did do a very good job. I love Kimmy's win. It was a great yeah. prediction from you on Thursday. Okay. How much did you get right? One thing. I thought Vettel winning. More than me, actually. Yeah. 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 But um, no, Ocon deserves, Ocon deserves to stay. He doesn't deserve to be chucked out. Unfortunately, though, it looks as if the most likely seat for him is Williams. Christ. And if the Williams car next year or even later on this year, if Ocon's racing in it, it's not a car where he can show how good he is. No. No, and that is worrying unless Williams come back with something magical next year because they've got... Yeah, maybe the Williams would be amazing next yeah. year. Unless they replace the wheels with Claire Williams, Paddy Lowe and a couple of other people, it's not going to go anywhere. That's murder. <laughs> Quite possibly. You do that. Um, Some sort of weird hamster wheel. Moving on to, to Spa, it wasn't the greatest race. Now, is this controversial? Is Spa actually just rubbish for racing? Don't be silly. But it wasn't great. And no, I mean, you're right. It wasn't great. It was not. Is great. it just too big, or do we need a bigger field? Because the problem yesterday wasn't people couldn't overtake. They were just too far apart. From there, were, there were six. When you only had sixteen cars left, like, you had to go like miles. There were another, parts of the track car. that were desolate. Yeah, honestly, I think the race, and it was a, not a good race. I think the race itself showed F1 up rather yeah, than the did. circuit up. Yeah, because look, it, how difficult it is to overtake cars if you're not going on a massive straight, it make, it makes Sector 2 completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, you know, Sector 2, there is never going to an overtake going to happen in there. Sector 3 as well. We I don't remember any overtakes going into the bus stop. I remember one overtake going into La Source. Every other Marcus overtake Erickson. was going down the Camel Strait. Was going down the Camel Strait at the end of yeah. the Camel Strait. And yeah. that's not good enough. Even Hamilton pulled out of an overtake at the end of Blanchemont. And I'm sorry, only overtakes... Overtakes that are boring and DRS orientated, they're boring. I don't like them. Yeah, especially if they're things like Valtteri Bottas coming back through the grid. You think it's not an overtake, really, is it? It's they're going to get out of the way because their race is a separate race. They just lose the least amount of time if they let him pass there. I mean, yeah, overtakes don't necessarily make a good race. No, battling, battling is what that makes, makes a, good a good race. And I think what's going to be really interesting, and I think for now, I'm going to say that Spa is a great track. I love Spa as a track, and I think it does provide good racing. I will retract that statement if next season with the brand new basic aerodynamic packages that every team has to run, we have another awful race. Maybe they'll start being swayed that it is too big and it is too buried and we need either a bigger grid or a smaller track. Spa doesn't need DRS, does it? We saw at the start, Vettel did Hamilton. You need less DRS zones for once. Yeah, well, DRS maybe should just be reserved for tracks that are really bad for overtaking. Spa isn't one of them. Yeah, What's I just think straight bits? you look at all the overtakes that happened, it was just Bottas being ridiculously overpowered over midfield cars. They are helpless and there's nothing they can do. To me, that's not entertainment. <laughs> you know, I would r- much rather see two cars that are fairly evenly matched going at it, going down the Kemmel straight side by side. That's entertainment. Well, the biggest entertainment battle we had was between Marcus Ericsson and Brendan Hartley, and that speaks volumes. The most entertaining the- point of the whole race was Fernando Alonso destroying Leclerc's halo. Yeah, true. 
I mean, the start was the most entertaining bit. Yeah, you say that there were two battles that happened all race for what it's worth. And I think Mark Sarrickson was involved in both. You had Mark Sarrickson <laughs> and Brendan Hartley. And the only reason that was a battle was because Brendan Hartley was on 30-year-old tyres and Mark Sarrickson was on brand new Super Brendan Sports. Hartley was thrown under a bus this race. And also the other one was it's Ericsson no. and Sorokin, who switched positions about four times. And we didn't see any no, of we it. we didn't see any of it. Oh yeah, it. camera direction has not been great, has it? This whole yeah. season has been very poor. Anyway, that's not what we're moaning yes. about. We do need to talk about something else, and that is the woeful performance by McLaren. Even though Alonso was taken out at the very start, Van Dorn still finished last of anyone, and I think would have finished last of anyone, even if everyone had finished. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> everyone retires and he's still last. He's still last. He yeah. wouldn't be first. He's technically be first and last. Anyway. He finished 21st. Yeah. There's yeah, only yeah. 20 drivers. He yeah. finished 21st. The McLaren was really poor this weekend because um, even it's not great in the corners and it's re- the car's got so much drag on it. Yeah, it's like they might as well hold up like a big plank of wood because drive along with a massive flag yeah. attached to the back. And the thing shivers. does not so it, it's not the engine, is it? Because no. I know the Renault's not great and that doesn't help. But we frequently so see Hulkenberg and Science in the corners on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah McLaren have got been, a, a Renault engine too. Yeah, so. and McLaren have always been fabled to have the best chassis in Formula One year after year after year, and this has flushed them out. It's a terrible chassis. It's it's a load of rubbish. And the engine, they've got the third best engine. I would say that Honda is now equal to Red Bull anyway, because Gasly managed to finish, what, eighth, ninth, was it? So yeah, no. clearly did well in the straights. Was there a Renault in the top ten? Um, apart from Max Verstappen, no. No. Um, and that's slightly different, obviously, because Red Bull has such a good chassis. Red Bull do have the best chassis on, yes, on, on the track. They, do. Um, they are seriously struggling. And at that's, this point in the season, I can't confidently say they are any better than the seventh best team on the grid. If anything, they might be eighth or even ninth best. I think grid. Sauber are better than McLaren. Over, oh, over the case of the season, I think Sauber are better. Well, put it this way. Uh, Van Dorn said that there had been no improvement in the car. And you could say that about his yeah. performances as well. But... Um, he is he is right. Yeah. Um, there has been no improvement. You think Australia, they were right there with Haas and Renault. They took 40 points from their first five races. Yeah. And they've taken 12 from their last eight. <laughs> stats prove points. That proves the point. Hit him with the stats. Bro. In the last eight races, Toro Rosso have got 17 points. Yeah. McLaren have 12. They've only got three more than Salva have over the last eight races. Force India have got six more points than them. Yeah. And they have only had one race, technically. If, if the form continues, racing points force India, which takes as long as the whole stream to say, is going to be back in front of McLaren within kind of three or four races. Also, just going to point out, uh, that's the best result for a new team since Born GP. Equaled, yeah. Equaled point score. If Bottas hadn't overtaken, they'd be the best ever. But anyway. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, with the points thing, it's... They say they didn't but, score 24 I mean, it would be 43, really. All right. But... All right. Just making a point okay. about racing right. points. Sick of it. And the racing point. Making a racing, racing point. point. <laughs> okay, enough. That's enough racing points. Jinx, buy me an F1 too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lawrence. <laughs> um, no, I, it is crazy. Force India managed to outscore McLaren by six points over the last eight races, despite the fact that Force India have had one race. Racing point Force India. Yes, racing point Force India. <laughs> so, yeah, McLaren doing great. Yeah. <laughs> just the uh, well, Rob, the Rob said on Drive Tribe they'll probably start work on next year you would have thought so I don't think yeah yeah. Uh, I guess so but they do need to watch out for Toro Rosso over their shoulder like, they'll be on them that Honda yeah. is going to keep improving but we need to move away from the back end and talk about the two giants giants, giants. Breaking there. fighting in the centre of the field Haas Renault 
what is going on there. Renault seem to have started brilliantly and everyone else suddenly started to collapse. Yeah. Like Haas have done the opposite. Well, Renault said, someone from Renault said before the weekend, if they have one bad race, then Haas could be right on top of them. And then they had a bad race. And, and Haas are right on top, top of them. Six points. That's yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was a signs... Signs had a poor quality. Hulkenberg was already at the back with his penalties and then decided to play uh, bowling with the F on field. Um, and then Signs just wasn't great in the race either, was he? So, and the, the Haas were. So it's going to be tight between those two. And Renault needs to be careful because I imagine next weekend's not going to be great for them either. Hulk did smash. He literally did. Yeah. You look at it's a similar similar ish story to McLaren, not quite to the same extent, but that they were doing much better early on in the season. Um, Carlos Sainz has only scored once in his last five races. Hulkenberg's only scored twice in his last five races. And they both came on the back of... Uh, Carlos Sainz went seven of his first eight races scoring points. So yeah. you can see that there is some sort of downgrade there. And Haas have taken advantage. And the reason for it is because Magnussen has now someone who is supporting him. Grosjean's still not doing as well as Magnussen is, but at least he's got someone else there he scoring points. He's turning up. He's baking the cake. <laughs> wow, I've not heard that one before. Rosen is reference yeah, all yeah. the time. That makes sense, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, this could be Ken for Haas, though. It, yeah, um, in terms of points, it was their second best performance of the season. I'm so. actually really excited about Haas and the future that they can bring. If they can somehow get an independent engine provider that steers them away from being Ferrari's B team, even though we are Alfa Romeo there, if they can get Chevrolet on board, which is highly possible they're American links, I think they could be a real force to reckon with. The problem is, arguably, the reason Haas have got that much better is because of their link to Ferrari. If you've learned anything in history, it's to jump on the back of someone great, stab them in the back, <laughs> and then be better than them. I mean, this is Ferrari, though. No one's ever done that. No, history lessons with Sandstage. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, I, I was mildly mildly impressed with Grosjean. Not impressed, but... I yeah. enjoyed Grosjean's I enjoyed Grosjean not banging into people and beating his teammate. It's nice to see. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be enough to keep a seat. I mean, if he keeps doing it, maybe. But he's on a nice little run. If he continues that, maybe. But Channel Four coverage firmly said <coughs> that they want to keep Magnussen. Nothing was mentioned. They would, on yeah. I mean, who would they replace him with? Perez, Leclerc. I saw Leclerc Evan in the chat. Leclerc to Haas. Yeah, Evan, maybe. Yeah, very possible. Could happen. Anyway, yeah. we've got three other teams to talk about that we haven't mentioned as of yet. Those are Torosso, Salva and Williams. We have not discussed these properly. Let's start at the back. Williams. They actually did all right. Technically not the back if you want to count back. No, but no. But they, they did all... Yeah. This Sorokin... Was in was, the points. It was in the points. And you just... With Sorokin, you just get the feeling he just sort of does his stuff and doesn't really say much and yeah. kind of gets on with it. Like a not fast Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> Less fast, Kimi Raikkonen. Sure. Yeah, no, not, I'm not fast, Kimi okay. Raikkonen. He's kind of fast, just not as yeah. fast. I thought Sorokin that might have been his best weekend in F1 so far. Yeah, um, it was consistent. Was Sorokin the one that Bottas rammed at the start? Yes. Was it Stroll? I think it was Sorokin, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Because Sorokin, I, I think, started behind Stroll and then ended up in front of him. Uh, anyway, I think it was Sorokin. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah so, Sorokin had, must have had a bit of damage anyway from that little sort of dink at the start. They still went on to score a point. It looks really promising that he might actually score a point and then he could be... We have every driver will have a point on the on the driver's title. That would be quite cool to have that. Yeah. Uh, and yet Ericsson went, actually, I haven't scored enough points in my career yet. Yes. So I want another one. He's making up for lost time. Yeah. 
Um, honestly, um, I was a little disappointed because I know Leclerc, there was nothing he could do about right. what happened. Entirely not his fault. But I think if you said to Salva going into the weekend, you're going to come away with one point, I think that'd be rather disappointing because yeah. that power unit, I, I think they had the pace to beat Toro Rosso and Ericsson didn't beat Gasly. And do you know what? I agree with you if Leclerc was the one that finished in 10th. But because Ericsson was the one who finished in 10th, I assume that they go, we put Leclerc in 8th, Ericsson in 10th. That is a good weekend for us. They yeah, only had okay, their second yeah. driver. Yeah. I don't expect Ericsson to be fighting with the likes of Gasly, who I think is a future champion of this sport. Yeah, um, might as well talk about Tor Rosso while we're on it. Um, Gasly was great, Hartley was terrible. Yeah, Gasly put in a performance of a future <laughs> Red Bull driver that deserves a Red Bull seat, and he's proving that. Hartley was like a bus. <clears throat> Don't you just love it when <laughs> Gasly pits and he's still Yeah, he comes out in front of his teammate and then still finishes six positions ahead of him. I mean, would say leave Brendan alone, but everybody left Brendan alone because he was so far back. Yeah, no one went <laughs> near him. Van Dorn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Van Dorn didn't leave him alone. And they could be teammates next year. Yeah. <sighs> wow. God. They, they could rival thought. Williams for the slowest team silly on their team. Yeah, okay. Um, we haven't talked about Red Bull. Um, not too much talk about. Good, good weekend for Verstappen. Not a good one for Ricardo. Great tea serving yeah. vehicle. Yes. yes. That was all they were good for this weekend. Yeah, um, you know, going into to the race, it was always a case of they weren't going to be able to compete just because of the Renault's lack of power compared to Ferrari and Mercedes. Um, and we saw Max, well, we heard Max Verstappen say during the race, any chance of any rain, boys? He was desperate for something, <laughs> wasn't he? Spice it up a bit. Um, Chuck your water. Get all the Dutch fans to pour their beer onto the track. Yeah. Uh, that was the only thing that would have been able to get him back into contention. Um, he wasn't good enough otherwise. Um, he was, he was sorry, good no, enough. The yeah. car wasn't yeah. good enough. Yeah. 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 down good this weekend. Re- rephrase that. Um, and Ricardo Felt no. very sorry for Ricardo. It was very unlucky the way he went out of this race. Uh, I didn't... Oh, I heard afterwards, like, this is from Weber again, that Ricardo didn't know his, his no. rear wing had been knocked off. So he flew up to the top of Rouge, did a purple sector. With no... <laughs> Rear wing. That's the problem with having then, the smallest rear wing ever. You no don't difference. know if it's gone. No. Yeah. So he did. He did the fastest top speed um, with no rear wing. And then they told him, "You've got no rear oh, wing, mate." By the way, yeah. Half your car is missing. Just to let you know. Um, so pretty poor, actually, unfortunately, because Ricardo didn't finish. But Max did a stellar job. Yeah, he had huge support again. Oh, you know, like, it I, was impressive to see. It's not. Even, it's just everywhere now. Every yeah, country every, seems to go to. Every European Grand Prix seems to be Max Verstappen country, and it's if it, surely Max uh, Verstappen country. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is actually a country. I don't want to go there. Um, if the Vatican City can be a country, so can Max Verstappen. I mean, it's got a bigger population. Exactly. Um, Dutch Grand Prix in the future. I think it should be a thing. Forget Miami. I want Netherlands. Oh, yeah, I want forget Amsterdam. You know, Amsterdam. Obviously, Zandvoort. Has, um, it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm pretending is, that didn't happen. Zandvoort is never coming back. Really? It's so underprepared now. It will need so much work done on it. I feel like a new track design. When it, it, at, when it be Aston? Yeah, probably. Yeah, That'd that be more like space. Um, either way, uh, I think... Maybe that Max Verstappen's popularity will bring. We could back attend to it as well. Yeah, we, we could. Which is good. We could. Uh, should we set up a crowdfunding? F one yeah. will be better for us. I imagine the support at a Dutch GP would be ridiculous. Yeah, It'd just be. It'd be sold apart. out all via Dutch. It'd be orange everywhere. Orange, orange. So we come on to our closing couple of topics, and we need to start off really with the driver of the day, uh, Hasman. Um. Get your opinions in on the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to know what you think. 
It's not. It's not that many. I'm probably just going to go for Vettel just because he won the race. He won the race. <laughs> you no win the race. You're the driver today. I mean, I, I maybe Bottas, but I don't think his drive was fantastic back through the field. Um, and he ran into Sorokin at the start. Not many other people stood out to me, to be honest. So I, I'm going to go with Vettel. Um, I'm agreeing with Rob in the chat. I'm going with Perez. Um, I think for me, it's either Perez or Vettel, um, but I would go for for Perez. He was only a couple laps off being able to hold off Bottas, in which case I think he definitely, like without question, would have been driver of the day, finishing fourth. But even so, did well, got ahead of his teammate early on and stayed there, built up quite a comfortable gap as well. So, yeah, Perez. This race falls into races as dull as the likes of Canada this year. It was a struggle. And when the vote came up on the track uh, in the actual race, driver of the day, I said to the people I was watching with, I can't pick anyone. It was that boring. I can't pick anyone. I'm going to say Verstappen because he's the only one left that I think out of the people you've chosen did a good job. Uh, he drove that Red Bull incredibly well for what it is. That track does not suit the Red Bull. And again, he could carry tea on the back of it, which I'm a fan of. <laughs> Perez also did a fantastic job. It's one of the better Grand Prix we've seen Perez in quite some time. I mean, I can't wait for the tea tray. You know, see him Monza. That's ridiculous. It won't be it. You it, won't see it. It'll be so thin. It'll be a tightrope, and there will be a tiny Red Bull can on it. Walking. <laughs> um, your worst driver of the day. Um, sorry, I'm not going to leave Brandon Hartley alone. Oh, I'm God. going to, yep, award it to Brandon Hartley. Um. It was a toss-up between him and Mandor, but I went for Hartley just on the basis that I don't think that McLaren actually had a chance to score points. And I think, obviously, Toroso did, because Gasly did score points. Um, and the, he was nowhere near. He was absolutely nowhere. He was about 35 seconds back from his yeah. teammate. Yes. He was six places back. Uh, once again, Hartley doesn't score points. Um, his teammates saw proper points not just one point either it was properly in the points yeah not not a fake one point no proper point gifted one point actual proper points I I guess Hartley has to stay in the team because they aren't going to have anyone else for next year but there's no chance he's getting promoted to Red Bull he's nowhere near good enough he'll never be promoted to Red Bull Um, well I'm going Van Dorn because he was rubbish oh you've taken all the as I say good ones but all the bad ones ones. Uh, maybe Hulkenberg he's taking the field out I, I'm going to give him driver of the day because he caused the most entertainment. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how that Absolute works. Absolute plot twist. Worst yeah. driver of the day, then, to be a little bit controversial at the end of this, Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> okay. Because. Why? It was, it was, he didn't he, win. He, he threw in the towel. He gave up. And that is not what I want to see from Lewis Hamilton. I'm not a fanboy. We're not fanboys, but I'm a fan of people fighting for the front. And yes, his car wasn't as quick. But he just gave True. up. But is that not just thinking ahead? Because if he thinks I can't win this one, he's saved that it, engine. Save yeah, for further. But mind. I mean, but it's a shame. I you, I agree. It's a shame you, we didn't get. I think the Sabers in general, we? as much as they scored the most points, I think their drivers were both very poor from the standards that we expect those two to be at. Oh, by the way, you've got thirty death threats on Facebook. <laughs> that's okay. I live in Cornwall. Yeah. On, the, on that note. <laughs> well, death threat. That's definitely a way to end. Yeah. Stream, isn't nice it? note. Um, well, we thought you actually being here would mean we'd end on a good note. But, no, I'm uh, leaving again now. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking Podcast here on Drive Tribe. My name's Ben Hocking. My name is Harry Eid. And with love, with care, I'm Samuel Sage. Remember, keep breaking late. Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.